Hello, and welcome back to the North Georgia Blue Podcast, produced and distributed by the Fannin County, Georgia Democratic Party. I'm your host, Meryl Clark, and we're getting into some good trouble today with our guest, Bryce Berry, president of the Young Democrats of Georgia. Welcome to the show, Bryce. We're happy to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Meryl. Thank you, Susan. Well, let's let our listeners know a little bit about you. Bryce Berry is a political organizer in Atlanta, Georgia. He got his start organizing for Democrats in his home state of Missouri, working for Senator Claire McCaskill's re-election campaign and a campaign for the local county prosecutor. In 2019, he relocated to Atlanta, where he is furthering his education at Morehouse College as an economics major. In 2020, he took a position working for the Democratic Party of Georgia and was chosen as HBCU's co-chair, which is historically Black colleges and universities, co-chair within student for Biden and Midwest Student Engagement Coordinator for Students for Ossoff and Warnock. Following success in those roles, Bryce was asked to serve as treasurer for the Young Democrats of Georgia, the youth organizing arm of the Democratic Party of Georgia, and in May of 2022 was elected to serve as president of the Young Democrats of Georgia. When not working in politics, you can find Bryce in the kitchen perfecting his craft, curled up with a good book, or playing with his dog, Rocco. Bryce is passionate about voting rights, climate change, and ending gun violence. Well, Bryce, you've certainly got your political chops in order there. That is very impressive. And thank you for all you do to get Democrats elected to office. Let's dive right in. I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the recent SCOTUS, which is the Supreme Court of the United States. The recent SCOTUS rulings, bam, 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 one right after another. And it's been a brutal summer so far. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that, especially as it pertains to the overturning of Roe, the environment with the EPA, and of course, gun violence? I think we should be very clear that the Supreme Court is no longer protecting or doing the bidding of protecting the rights of everyday Americans. What they're doing, they're doing the bidding of the Republican Party. And this has been a long-standing effort by the Republican Party to put in place these conservative justices to turn us back on things such as environmental justice, to turn us back on things like Roe v. Wade. And I view it as the direction of duty when the Supreme Court, which is very rarely they overturn a precedent, especially one as profound and as divine, I feel, as Roe v. Wade, they want to take away a right that sets a terrible precedent for the future. And and it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to be disappointed and just to give up and say, well, you know, SCOTUS will eventually overturn everything anyway. I think the way we should be thinking is that we need to do more. I see this as a spark for us to be able to do more, to be able to get a protest majority in Congress, to get a gun sense majority in Congress so that we can pass the laws that are necessary. And that comes with phone banking, canvassing, text banking every single week and every single day as much as we can to get folks into office who are going to protect our rights. So, but that's what we have to do now. And we have to organize what we never organized before. Uh, especially in Congress because of Mansion and Cinema. It may appear that we have a majority or that we're 50-50, but we're really not because of all the legislation that Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema have held up. So I would say vote. I would say come out in numbers like you did in 2020, please, for the midterms and vote on the ballot all the way from the top down because every office is so important. Would you agree? I agree. Every office is so important. We see the hell that is the 50-50 Senate and we need more Democrats. <laughs> we need more Democrats. Yes, 
And we need more folks who are willing to fight. Georgia sent two senators there who have done a great deal of work, but they're hamstringed by these other two senators who, frankly, are just not seeing the urgency of the moment. And so what we have to do is protect Georgia at first. I completely agree. So let's talk about voting rights. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the Republicans' seemingly never-ending efforts to subdue and eradicate our citizens' voting rights, which is a right, not a privilege? So please tell us your thoughts on that. They want to control who can vote and how they can vote. And this is because they are disappointed in how the election went in 2020. They see a changing of the guard that is more well-educated, that is more accepting, and they see that as a threat, which I feel is kind of ironic, that they see a electorate as a threat to their policies. Also the question, why do they think that a more racially diverse, a more economically diverse, a more socially diverse society is a threat to their policies? That's because their policies are falling out of line with the American public. And so the way they're doing it now is to control who can vote, to seat themselves in power. And it's wrong. It's undemocratic. And it's unfortunate. Our country deserves to have that parlay of ideas that both parties or both ideas, whether conservative or liberal, agree with the basic tenets of democracy. And right now, we're just not getting that. There's one party that's concerned with protecting democracy, uplifting democracy, and restoring democracy. And there's one party that's willing to just subvert everything for power. And it's crazy. It's out of control. It's pure cowardice on behalf of the Republican Party and their efforts to control the electorate in such a way. I completely agree. And they're actually looking, I think, for an autocracy with a more authoritarian leader, which, of course, the former guy tried to be, but thankfully did not succeed. So moving on. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts on mitigating climate change, the existential threat of our time, and also ending gun violence. What are your thoughts on those two matters? I think climate change was needed robust policy that doesn't matter what the dollar amount is. You know, if it goes up to a trillion dollars, it goes up to a trillion dollars. As you said, this is the existential crisis of our lifetime. And I think politicians would be better served if they would listen to folks like myself and my friends that are also organizing with me about the risk of climate change. Joe Manchin is 72. When the actual effects of climate change hit us, Joe Manchin will be long gone. Mm-hmm. But it'd be me and my grandchildren hopefully my grandchildren, who will be dealing with the effects of climate change, the monthly hurricanes and the wildfires and rising temperatures and lower sea levels. We'll be dealing with that. And Joe Manchin will be long gone. And so politicians will be better served listening to people like me and my friends. I think these older generation politicians should take the wheel from young folks and say, okay, y'all are going to be the ones to deal with this. I'll be long gone. How do you suggest we do this? Mm -hmm. And it's got to be, I agree with Representative Ocasio-Cortez's idea of a Green New Deal. I agree with Senator Ossoff's idea to put more solar panels on roads so cars can charge along the roads. There's many great ideas that we have, and it's just the will and determination of those that serve us to be able to spend the money that's necessary. I was just going to note that Joe Manchin is beholden to the coal and fossil fuel industries. So it makes it difficult to delineate or separate your self-interest or his self-interest in that case from doing what's best for his constituents, which is unfortunate. But go ahead. Another big issue with democracy reform is getting money out of politics. I'm also very passionate about getting money out of politics. Corporations are not people. They're entities. They're not people. 
So why do we allow them and why do we treat them as if they're people and let them spend a mass amount of money buying our politicians? We need politicians in there. Again, going back to the issue of we need to get folks in there who will vote to overturn Simpsons United so we can get dark money and big money out of politics and clean it up. We got the coal industry out of politics. Joe Manchin would be much more favorable, I feel. But again, as you said, he's beholden to the coal industry and he has ties to that. And it's just crazy that we continue to allow these common sense things, in my view, to happen. Right. These common sense things that maybe corporations should not be buying politicians. That's some of the common sense, but it keeps keeps happening. It keeps happening. It's, it's beyond me. It's beyond me too. And I'll never be able to wrap my mind around it, but there it is. And here we are. Yeah. In basically an oligarchy, which does need to change. And we're hoping the Gen Z generation is coming up behind us. will be able to do that and be successful. So let's talk about gun violence. I mean, Uvalde, we all know about Uvalde and the 19 uh, elementary school children, again, that were murdered by weapons of mass destruction. What are your thoughts on AR-15s being readily available in our communities to just anyone who happens to want one? And this goes back to things that seem like common sense are not too common. No one needs a gun with that capacity that's able to kill multiple people at a time. No one needs that. You're not hunting deer with that. You're not hunting period with that. That's meant to kill people. It's a weapon of war. And so why are weapons of war in our society? Again, common sense is not that common. I am extremely frustrated. My hometown, we talked about earlier, St. Louis, Missouri, has one of the highest murder rates in the country, Mm. if not the highest murder rate. I mean, this is an everyday thing in my hometown for where we hear the gunshots, where we hear folks dying. In fact, one of my brothers from Morehouse College, he just unfortunately was a victim of gun violence and lost his life here at home in St. Louis. It's madness. And why do we need all these guns? I do plan on owning my own house because I probably need it for protection and everything. Of course, you have to keep it safe and store it correctly and all that good stuff. We're not saying take away everyone's guns. Many folks are responsible gun owners, but we are saying you don't need an AR-15 to go hunting. You don't need a AK-47 to protect your home. That's just not needed. And we can have smart regulations that does not infringe on folks' rights. Again, it's common sense. Safe storage, a solar ban. People that are under the age of 21 should not be owning a gun. If we can't buy alcohol, why should we be able to buy a gun? It's insane. Again, utter madness we're living in right now. And we have more guns in the country than we have people. In Georgia, Georgia has the highest amount of guns in the nation. Oh. And we have the highest exporter of guns as well. And this is only exasperated by Brian Kemp, who signed this criminal carry law so you can carry a gun just open, open carry, no permit needed, whatever. You can go buy a gun at 3 o'clock and get it by 3.05. What did we come to as a nation, I feel? It's really disappointing, actually. It's truly just a standard on morality as a nation. What did we come to as a nation where we just let everyone and anyone mm-hmm. own a gun and use it madly? Remember Sandy Hook? I thought that would be the changing point. It didn't. No. So Yavaldi was an inflection point that passed some gun legislation. It's not the best legislation. It's some legislation. And I don't know what's going to take for folks to realize that 
what's happening in our streets is madness. It is pure insanity. I agree with you. And I agree with all of your points as well about gun ownership and so on and so forth. The bipartisan bill that passed through Congress is woefully inadequate and it's not going to stop mass shootings. There's no doubt in my mind, but I truly believe that we're not going to prioritize American citizens' safety over this cult fetish with guns that Republicans seem to have. So I do want to say the bipartisan bill did have some good stuff in it. It raised background check standards for folks under 21, which is really good. But also in turn, it invested a lot of money in policing schools, which does not work, Mm-mm. has not worked at all. And then whenever we started putting policing schools after Columbine, right. did not work. So it did have some good stuff in there. Some good- it did have some excellent components in there, but in my mind, it didn't go far enough. So hopefully we can build. It's woefully inadequate though. Right, right. Hopefully we can build on that. Moving forward, let's talk about the Young Democrats of Georgia. What is your charter? And tell us about your field plan for this year. What is it? What are your goals? And how do you plan to achieve them? So we all know what we have to do. We have to re-elect Raphael Warnock. We have to send Stacey Abrams to the governor's mansion. But we're focused on making sure that Governor Abrams is going to be successful. And so that means looking at these down-ballot races, like Secretary of State, Attorney General, some of these House seats that can be flipped. There are about five seats right now in the state house that Republicans currently hold that Biden won by, it was small margins, but Biden won those districts by significant margins and they can be flipped if we really put the effort and time behind them. And so I'm really focused on making sure that we can make sure that Governor Abrams is going to be successful with whatever she does. And so it means lessening that majority in the House and in the Senate so that makes legislating much easier for future Governor Abrams. It's about make sure she's a Secretary of State who's going to not do her bidding or Donald Trump's bidding, but going to do the people's bidding. Make sure she's Attorney General who's going to defend the rights of people and who's amicable to her policies and things that she wants to do, who's going to protect abortion rights in the state. So make sure she has folks in the state legislature who's willing to take on the big fights like legalizing marijuana and lowering taxes to Georgia families and so much more. So why did you be hyper, hyper focused on making sure our next governor, Stacey Adams, will be successful from 2022 on out? So speaking of Madam Governor Abrams, and by the way, I've been calling her that for over a year now, so we feel free. We're manifesting is what we're doing. We're manifesting. If the legislature stays to the far right as it is now, how will she work with that legislature that will undoubtedly try to obstruct all of her initiatives? How do you think that we'll be able to overcome that if the legislature is still red? She's done it before. She has worked with Republicans to protect universal pre-K in the state. She's worked with Republicans to stop tax cuts from Governor Deal and to pass the HOPE scholarship. She did that when she was a legislator herself. So I'm confident in her abilities to be able to reach across the aisle. And I'm confident that there are still some Republicans who will want to work with her on issues that are affecting us, such as ending the gas tax, lowering costs for Georgia's families, expanding Medicaid. They just did that with expanding Medicaid to postpartum pregnancies and, and do it a little bit further, even legalizing marijuana. So Governor Abrams has done before, and I think that she's the person that can do it again as governor. Not to mention her organization, Fair Fight, which has really worked hard for voting rights and signing up people to vote, which is so important. Yeah. So let's talk about Gen Z. Let's talk about your generation. How will you ensure that young folks get involved in the political process, either by volunteering, donating, and or especially voting? Yeah. What would you say 
to an 18 or 19 year old who says, I have no faith in politics. Democrats won. We're not getting everything we want, et cetera. What would you say to them and how would you convince them about the importance of voting? One of my good friends in Atlanta taught me to, instead of call out, to call in. I really appreciate her if she's listening, um, that she's appreciated. But to call folks in, instead of just calling them out and saying, wagging our fingers at them, call them in and speak from a place of love and understanding. Because I'm just as frustrated as them. I wish we had a better bill. I wish we had legalization marijuana. I wish, wish we had this, that, and the other that Democrats could have done this session. And the way I see this, don't ever, ever stop expecting more. Politicians owe you. They owe you more. We've been given some and they want you to give up, but make sure you continue to demand for more. It's never wrong to ask for more from those that serve us. And so this election is an election of demand. I think young folks need to go to the voting booths and demand more from these politicians and say, okay, you have done this, that, and the other. We like this but we want more from you. We deserve more from you. We deserve better in this country. And the next thing we need to do is young folks need to feel seen. They need to feel like they have a part of this. You do that by making sure that there is direct engagement between young folks and candidates. Don't overlook these college campuses for your rallies, for your meeting greets, for your canvases. Send your candidates there. It's a different kind of vibe when a young person, a college student, has a chance to talk directly to the candidate. They feel seen, they feel appreciated, because oftentimes we're just about to get in line and get behind the candidates. Well, that's not right. We want to be a part of democracy just as much as everyone else does, and we deserve to have a chance. So I've told this campaign, I said, don't forget about these college campuses. Make sure you go into these college campuses. Make sure you're going to these high schools and making yourself available to talk to young folks and to hear them out. Because it's a special kind of thing when a young person feels seen, feels heard, recognized and represented by the candidates that are running for them. There are many young folks who have not met any candidates. So make sure they have a chance to interact and ask some questions for themselves. Get their own personal issues on the table in front of the candidate is a world of difference. And I think that all candidates should reach out. <laughs> To our Gen Z population, which is now, I believe, numbers larger than the baby boomers. So it is so important to get young people involved in the entire process from start to finish. And hopefully our candidates are paying attention to that as well. What is your take on the January 6th committee hearings? What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. I was literally thinking about this this morning as I was watching today's hearings. I'm iffy on it, actually. And the reason I'm iffy is because I really want to see something come out of this. It's hard right now to change folks' minds about what happened. And I would love to see those that are involved in participating and planning this attack held accountable. Mm -hmm. And that means the former president of the United States. That means the former president of the United States. So I'm kind of iffy on this. I agree with what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the folks to understand what happened in the clearest of ways. And they're building a case. They're building a case. But this is just putting evidence out there in the public and there's no accountability, then this to me was a waste of time. There has got to be accountability. What we know now is that Donald Trump and his cronies planned and orchestrated what was amounted to an attempted coup of our government. They need to be held accountable for that. So I will continue to tune into the hearings and watch it very closely because I'm concerned about what it means for our democracy. But I'm very, very anxious to see what's going to come out of this because if nothing's come out of this, if let's say Trump walks free and Abraham for president again, it's crazy because we're seeing every single day what he did to our democracy, what he did to our public. And then we come around and say, 
well, when he's going to announce his campaign for president? That's insane to me. So there needs to be accountability for Donald Trump and all of his cronies that were part of this plan. Do you believe they will be held accountable by Merrick Garland and the DOJ? I'm holding up to hope. I really am. Merrick Garland has been extremely slow to act on many issues from voting rights to January 6th. I'm holding up to hope that Merrick Garland will step up and do the right thing. But also seems like Mayor Garland's also going to protect the image of the Justice Department, which is good, but we also need robust accountability and actions for the crimes that committed on the January 6th. And if that makes Justice Department seem political for arresting the foreign president, for committing crime, then so be it. I hope so, too. It's rare in our country for the people at the top to ever be held accountable. So very rare. it needs to happen. And we need to enforce the rules and laws of our land in order to ensure that this never happens again, which is my fear that someone more competent than Trump will end up in the White House like Ron DeSantis. Yeah, perhaps, who's very, very scary. And we need to send them a clear message that none of this is acceptable or will be tolerated. Yeah. So Bryce, it looks like you're doing a lot with college students. You're doing a lot with the younger generations. Do you go in and speak at colleges and high schools to the students and try to get them revved up, especially for the midterms? Yes, I have. And I will actually be traveling the state. Right now I'm at home visiting my mom. In St. Louis. When I get back down to Atlanta for the election season and for college, I'll be traveling across to Savannah and Columbus and Henry County, and maybe I even come up to North Georgia with y'all and launching canvases and talking to young folks about the urgency of this election. And so, plan to travel the state, launching canvases, hosting phone makes in different areas across the state. I am a big believer, and I hear this criticism all the time as president, getting outside of the Metro Atlanta bubble. We know that Metro Atlanta is going to go hard and going to go all in for Stacey Warnock. Let's talk to some of those folks in North Georgia and South Georgia who need a little bit more push to get them out or need a little bit of a push to understand why this election is so important. So that's what I plan to do in the next few months. So I might be coming to a college or high school near any of your listeners. Well, we'd love to host you here. Please let us know and we'll do everything that we can to help you with your goals, which are admirable. Thank you. And thank you for all you do. So Bryce, if someone listening to this podcast wants to get involved, they want to donate, they want to be part of the process, the political process with the Young Democrats of Georgia, where would you send them? They can follow our Instagram at Georgia Young Dems. They can follow our Twitter at Georgia YDs. And on both of those, there are a link tree with links to our Act Blue account where you can donate. There's a link to our membership form that you can fill out and become an official member, even start at your own chapter in your area. We have our Chattahoochee Valley chapter, we're finishing up Fayette County, Spartan County, and Lee County or the areas we're looking at right now to create chapters. And so fill out our membership form and we'll be in contact with you and under 48 hours has to go. Well, I'd like to put in my vote for a chapter up here in Blue Ridge. Let's get it done. Come to our high school. Come to Fannin Regional High School. We'd love to talk to you about starting a Young Dems Club because it's so vital that we get the kids involved. I completely agree. So finally, Bryce, and you said that you're an avid listener of the podcast, so you know this is coming. Yeah. Tell us a fun fact about yourself, something not necessarily related to your work or your politics. Tell us something fun just about Bryce. We kind of already went into this. I love to cook. That's my pastime. I cook everything. And my mom has not cooked a single meal since I was 15 years old. I'm 21 now. So she's been touched the kitchen in probably six years. Ever since she found out that I can cook, she just does not like the kitchen anymore. 
understand that. Every night she was like, Bryce, what are you cooking tonight? And I was like, I thought I was the child. I didn't think I was the parent cooking for my child. I love to cook. I love to try new recipes. Tonight I'm doing like a buffalo chicken sandwich wrap. Mm. I love trying out different things. I love seeing stuff like TikTok and trying it myself because I love to bake. I love to cook. So coming down to Atlanta, we might have a cookout one day. You know what? That sounds like a plan. I would love it. Well, Thank you, Bryce, for joining us today and sharing more about your critical work and candidacy to support democratic ideals and policy. I'm Meryl Clark, and on behalf of our team, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the North Georgia Blue Podcast. Join us next time when we chat with Melita Easters, Executive Director of the Georgia Win List, advocating for pro-choice Democratic women elected to office. To learn more about us and the work that we're doing, visit us online at Fannin countygeorgiademocrats.com, all spelled out. Share the North Georgia Blue podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to subscribe and follow. And if you enjoy our podcast, be a founding patron and friend of the show at northgeorgiabluepodcast.com slash patron with three different giving levels to choose from, offering cool swag, recognition on the show and website, and valuable gift cards to help us continue getting into more good trouble. 